Hey, this is Adam. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. And if you checked out the episode that we released last week, thank you so much for doing that as well. It certainly feels really good working on these episodes and finally getting them out to people who have waited so long for them. That said, uh, I think you need a little bit of context. Whereas the big gap for release came prior to us releasing episode 11, that episode was actually recorded pretty close to the other ones in the season. The real gap in our recording happened between that episode and this one. Episode 11 was recorded in June 2021, and this one was recorded in March 2022. So yeah, just a few things changed and happened. So I think probably the best thing that you can do is take that warning that Nathan gave last episode about out-of-date references and, yep, just go ahead and apply that even more for this one. I think we actually make a joke about the second Avatar film never coming out. So, yeah, that's, um, that's up for an Oscar now. Look, everything else you're about to hear is pretty much just the standard that you'd come to expect from us. Thanks for being here. This episode, all previous episodes, and all future episodes are dedicated to Andrew McDonald. Yeah. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. Ah, yeah. My name is David James Young and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again... Adam Buncher. Hey. Andrew McDonald. Yo. Nathan Harrison. Hello. How good was last week's episode? <laughs> Man, so good. Uh, oh, I, rem- I remember it like it was last week. Yeah. Seriously. Like, I know the Delta variant has, like, completely upped a lot of our plans, but thankfully, um, Gladys is doing all that she can right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's been a long... Uh, it's been both a long and a short... is a foreign time. country. Yeah. It, yeah. Is, it really is. <laughs> love to not reflect on things anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Used to love reflecting on things. Now, no. Nah. Now I'm an opaque wall. <laughs> yeah. I don't reflect shit, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there was a woman getting pregnant the last time we put out an episode, there would be a crying baby that in that woman's house. That kid would be in college now. Yeah, exactly. Mm. They would be old enough to drink. <laughs> that, wow. Don't dare make fun of that yeah. baby because that baby was me. Yeah. <laughs> it was I, you, Albert Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I, I just feel terrible for all the people who are pregnant when our last episode came out because there was no new content to like put the headphones on the tummy. Oh, yeah. Like, because that no. makes the kids smarter or whatever. There's podcast. gonna be a whole year of babies that didn't the, have the that. grow up not, yeah. not knowing. The, the gestate not knowing about the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> They're like the little baby in the massive attack video singing along to Deatron. Except it's just them being like, yeah, Andrew was spot on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cave is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, good start so far. <laughs> <laughs> Baby's first words are a Nick Cave fact. <laughs> <laughs> So right. hello to all the infants uh, listening. Yes. Thanks. Thanks. 
What's up, you cool baby? <laughs> really targeting the youth audience. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> our our audience of infants and mental infants alike. <laughs> we are back. <laughs> Your parents had sex to the like a version of the Wiggles doing elephant. Uh, and oh now no. you're here. Oh, there <laughs> That definitely is true. Yeah. At least in one occasion. Not for my parents. <laughs> Could we put the call out for that? It's like if you're listening and you did have, yeah. have, have sex. You had, have you had sex to the Wiggles like a version of Elephant by Dave Bonus points if it was when it won the hottest 100. <laughs> and, you, you know, that's when you decided you to get your. Just as Murray's guitar yeah. solo yeah. <laughs> As you. Uh. No, when the fruit salad part kicks in, obviously. Oh, sure. yeah. how, do you, how do you hold back? Yummy, yeah, yummy. Well, it's, how well, do you it's possibly? Obviously, it, it's fruit tossed salad, obviously. There it is. <laughs> now that's yummy, yummy. All right, I'm glad to say we've maintained yeah, our usual <laughs> decorum. <laughs> the standard is... Uh, I was worried. I was worried yeah. when we came back. It's like, oh, what if... What if we're smart? <laughs> <laughs> what if we... Don't worry. <laughs> what if the offense? Do offense? What if the time we've spent in, in reflection has made us, you know, better people? What if yeah, we what if, somehow that's, improved that's ourselves? No more reflection. No reflection. Yeah. What if, what, what, what if we get to the songs in a timely manner? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no thoughts. Head no. up to only Jeff the Wiggle being yeah. a daddy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like significantly. I only learned this recently. He was like significantly older than he's, everyone else he's in like the. Sixty-eight. Yeah. Wow. Fucking good on him. Sleep. Yeah. It messes mm. you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good sleep. Key to mm. uh, healthy aging. Mm. That's true. Citation. And he's a healthy Asian, so it all <laughs> works out. <laughs> I think that's the cue. Yum, yum. Yeah. <laughs> At number forty-five, this is the return of Tori Amos. With strange little girl. making her return to the Triple J Hottest 100, coming in at number 45 in the 2001 countdown with a little ditty called Strange Little Girl. Now, I'm going to see if I can remember how to do this because, like we've acknowledged, it has, to quote the great songwriter of our generation, Aaron Lewis, it's been a while. Mm. There it is. <laughs> he came back in the time since we were gone. That was a whole thing. Really? What happened to him? Um, he put out a new song. Like he's like a country singer now, and he became like a maga chud. Um, he has a throat uh-huh. tattoo that says "Don't tread on me." It's amazing. <laughs> That's kind of tough. It's tough on your friends and family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's also like he's he's trying to be like, yeah, I'm a down south outlaw. You're from Vermont. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. You're the state most famous for its cheese. Yeah. Come on, man. Don't, well, who are you fooling? Bernie Sanders is your rep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no. Right. Now, like I said, I, I'm slightly off my rhythm, but I'm going to see if we can do this. All right. <clears throat> Andrew. David. Oh. oh. I forgot that that. Yeah. Oh, it feels good. Just, just like oh. we never said goodbye. I felt that's good since the Wiggles did like a verse. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, Andrew, what do you what do you make of uh, this uh, particular track by Ms. Amos? Yeah, this um is the I guess almost title track from Amos's 2001 record, uh, "Strange Little Girls," which itself yes. is a which was the sequel in the spirit of Alien and Alien. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, so this uh, James Cameron directed variant of "Strange Little Girl." Oh, love a new variant. It's uh, no. <laughs> the Cameron variant. Yeah. Yeah. The avatars like two through seven have been promised for the last decade. Yeah. And like, yeah, COVID's nearly over, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was a uh, concept record by Tori Amos where it was a it's a cover record, but every song on it um, she changes in certain ways. Where the songs themselves weren't like necessarily just sung by men, but they were songs that were specifically about a woman. Like a woman was the subject of, of mm. each track. And she then in covering them, repurposes some of the lyrics and changes some of the like melodies. Or she changes the melodies a lot, but she changes the songs to a certain degree. So the the focus of the song is coming from the point of view of the otherwise othered girl, woman, or in this case, girl, which is a pure Tori Amos move to do because mm, she's yeah. a badass in that way. And this track was um, originally by The Stranglers. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. which uh, they wrote and originally recorded in 1974 but then didn't come out until 81. On like a rarities compilation or something? No, just the record execs wanted a a more obvious hit. The original one has kind of this like kind of low-key, not threatening, like a sad kind of tone to it. I I just kind of describe it as like a kind of like a gothic fairy tale kind of vibe. Yeah, there's a moodiness to it kind of thing. It's a Brothers Grimm, you know, because that shit's dark. Yeah, 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 totally. What I like about this song the most is that it goes without saying that like, since there have been lyrics, men have been writing lyrics about women as the other, and not even necessarily in like you know, like as has been well documented. Like Nick Cave is like my favorite artist of all time, and he has that all the time. I saw, I like, saw him coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, you saw that movie as well. Yeah, <laughs> the one um, about Kylie Minogue. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was their Pam and Tommy. Yeah. Oh my god, that hadn't come out by last time. Yes. This is just proving that we're current. Like this, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're just timestamping this episode Pam and all Tommy over. Except it's Nick and Kylie. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'd watch that. <laughs> Shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think what Tori Amos does so well with this version is that um, not only with the changing of the perspective, which again is a classic Amos move because she's such a proud feminist, but the way that she changes the kind of minor key tone of the original into this like optimistic thing. Like it's no longer like a man lusting for like, oh, this strange little girl, what a unique mm. creature. I wish I could like be around her because she's so fascinating. It's Tori Amos being like, I am a strange little girl and that's cool as shit. <laughs> like, yeah. It's kind of like that uh, rebellious high school. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm finding my own individuality and empowerment and, and dress and behavior and culture and all those yeah, kinds it's, of things. It's, 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 it's fucking, um, it's uh, Lydia Dietz in Beetlejuice. Right. Yeah, yeah. We are the weirdos, Mister. Yeah, and yes. it's and it's and I think it's connecting into very much like the zeitgeist of the time, right? We're coming out of the late nineties into the early two thousands, that kind of like alternative brand, alternative thread that it kind of was very insistent at yeah. that time. It was in, it was incredibly performative. Mm. You know, you think of all like the kind of high school films and whatever, the kind of characters that we were seeing come out in that time, to be the alternative cool person or mm. weird person or strange person was definitely like a thing. Yeah, well, you think of like even like 10 Things I Hate About You, right? Like, there's exactly. a, right, if grunge ostensibly died in 93 with Kurt, like, then the grunge aesthetic has now had almost a decade to be mainstreamed and popularized into a way that it is to a certain degree been watered down. Um, mm-hmm. But 
Not that this has anything to do with Tori Amos because she's always carried her own yeah, flag. That's right. But um, like the normalization of that alternative cultural movement has now become mainstream, which is has its positives and its negatives, of course. For but sure. there is something to be said about that kind of cultural zeitgeist that would allow a track like this, which like musically, I think it's cool. It didn't immediately grab me, but like the cultural context that surrounds the side, the repurposing of the original track, the way that she's made it a more optimistic female-driven song. Like if you were a 14-year-old girl when this song came out, yeah. it would have been for your fucking anthem. You would have played it on your fucking Sony That's Walkman. It. Like, like, That's Walkman, it. that was way <laughs> earlier. You, you would have played it on your Casio Discman every goddamn day. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have the exact same take as you. I think like the way I described it was kind of like it's meal kit alternative rock when you when you listen to it but if you place it in that kind of like cultural context and you consider who's listening to it why they're listening to it and what they get from it in exactly the way that we've described it adds value to it yeah, and yeah. it kind of demonstrates value in that way i do really like i think her vocals suit the kind of slippery rhythms of the song really well mm. like yeah. especially the chorus line like i think it works yeah and but yeah voice- i agree it's like it's a cool idea and a good song there's an Eminem cover on the album. I, um, I remember this. It was in 97 a- Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That one is good. Like Fucking it's, intense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's an even weirder cover that's on there? It smells like Teen Spirit? Raining Blood. Oh, I did oh. not know that. By Slayer. Hmm. Yeah. Was it her that did Teen Spirit or was it Patti Smith? I believe, I, I'm, I'm remembering that Tori Amos did do Teen Spirit. Mm. Right. Yeah, think, it was like oh, a piano version. But yeah, that, that or, Eminem cover, I remember hearing that and just being like, holy yeah. shit. It felt like that song's not like, you know, like cheery upbeat to begin with. But like, you know when like on YouTube, like a comedy trailer will be like re-edited as like a horror movie? Mm-hmm. Like that. that's what it felt like, you know? And I guess like that's the thing about Tori's covers is that it's a lot of, you know, re-editing and a lot of shifting of perspective and stuff like that. I didn't actually know this was a cover the first time I heard it. It was kind of later on in her career and, you know, she was kind of going for more of a, like, a conventional pop sound. I that's That, that was, like, my pure surface value reading. And it's kind of interesting that... We've never talked about, like, a big, dramatic, like, piano ballad, like, proper Tori Amos song. We've talked about her crossover pop hit, which was Cornflake Girl. And we also talked about the Armin Van Helden remix of Professional Mm. Widow, which, you know... completely reworks the original and it's just like that's the version that everybody knows it, um, unless she's like stuttering and like doing the honey bring it cause I, like, I, I can't imagine her doing that live but like I would fucking lose my shit if like just halfway through like doing the normal version she just fucking gets up from the piano <laughs> just starts like the fucking strobes happen and all that shit but yeah so like I feel like we've never really had a chance to discuss Tori Amos the way that most people see her. She's got like, what, like 14, 15 records yes, or something yeah. like that? Yeah, <laughs> Just the weird shit that managed to break through into the Hottest 100, yeah, which is yeah, 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 neither yeah. the most popular nor the most weird. <laughs> yeah. It's somewhere in between. Yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is, yeah. you know. I like this. I think we're all more drawn to the idea of it than actually the song. Oh, the way you've kind of flipped it and the way you've kind of changed that sense of perspective is really interesting. It's just like, yeah, what do you think of the song? Oh, it's 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 certainly there. I don't think it's a bad song by any means. No, no, like, no. It's like but, I think it, that, but it's not like, you know, like this groundbreaking like, yeah, oh wow, yeah. this is like the Tori Amos song. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. yeah. The yeah. um I think that like the loud parts are very, very fun. When it goes to that next level. Yeah, yeah totally. Like, 
you're right, David. Like the idea is so cool that like I'll give it a few extra points, and also again, not the target audience. And yeah. again, if you were a lonely, like 13, 14, 15 year old girl, and this song comes on the radio, you this would be one that you'd stay in the car for, you know? Like you'd yeah, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Being a strange little girl is like it's not it's not theory that it was something that people were were called. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or they or they kind of felt that they were being called. Yeah. And, and that's not hear, a phase, mum. Ex- yeah. And you hear this song and then all of a sudden you you know it's that it's that uh thing of being seen, the thing of being recognized and like, oh there I am. You know, yeah, seeing you seeing yeah. yourself in art. Yeah, totally. I think it's worth just talking a little bit more about the Strange Little Girls album because if you're interested in checking that out, there's a lot of kind of like larger artistic work that kind of goes around it. There was a big photograph set that Amos did with a kind of like a personification of each song of herself being photographed that, that went along with that. That was released as part of the package of the album, but I'm sure you'll be able to find it kind of um, elsewhere. And also interestingly, there was text that was contributed by novelist Neil Gaiman. Yeah, they're very, for, they're, they're very close friends. Yeah, um, he's in fact the godfather to her daughter. Yeah. And Neil Gaiman's great. And you can actually find the text for these songs, um, all of them in the collection of his short stories called Fragile Things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure there'll be other places that you can find them as well. But I think like, yeah, just I, I kind of really appreciate when the packaging and artistic vision of an album goes beyond just the songs. Sometimes it's done really well. Sometimes it's done really poorly. I haven't checked out what this <laughs> is like, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. certainly there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit art school, but it's very like, there, there's, it's just good there's space for that sometimes. I mean, that's Tori Amistor fucking tea, exactly. though, it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? So... Yeah, she's she's music for girls who clutch their folder to their chests. And she always has been. Just the sensitive yeah. art student that no one understands, you know. Right. And that's fine. Yeah. Like, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. They, they need music too. Justice for art girls that clutch their folders. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do really a benefit gig. Yeah, do like <laughs> a telethon. Yeah. Justice for art girls who clutch their folders. Like, slide into my DMs, please. <laughs> <laughs> Step on me. It's fine. They're right there. <laughs> okay. And uh, time until we got horny again. <laughs> you can tick that one off your, uh, your bingo card. It's a good segue. Oh. Oh, true. Well, look at you. Well, look at us. <laughs> look at us. Yeah. <laughs> the great podcast. Yeah. Five stars. We're it's back. back. <laughs> at number 44, it's the return of garbage. This is androgyny. with the track Androgyny from the beautiful Garbage album coming in at number 44 in the 2001 Triple J Hottest 100. Adam, you're a boy in the parlour making it harder. <laughs> yeah. True? Sure. It- <laughs> parlour is such a classy word. I know, right? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even sure I know... <laughs> I'm a class. I'm a class ally. I don't know what. A, I don't even show. Sure I can identify <laughs> what a parlor even is. It's very. It's very like 
Great Gatsby. Yeah. Mm. Parlor. What is it? What I feel it? like if I was in one, I'd know. I'd be like, this is a parlor, but I don't think without being there, I'd be able to tell you what it You'd was. You'd know a parlor if you saw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's like an open space that's just for like standing and conversing with people, yeah? Like, you'd have oh, like. That sounds like, awful. Like, you'd like have like the. There's <laughs> a chair. Or like anything. Uh, there's, there's one sounds chair. like a hallway, but like without being. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're at the party and everyone just gathers in the kitchen. Yeah. There's plenty of other better rooms to be, but everyone's just standing in the kitchen. Thankfully, I've I've conferred with a friend of the show, Genius.com, to help us with the line, boys in the parlour, they're getting harder. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm glad. Genius like a dictionary. Yeah. Just finding a song that has that word in there. What does perspicacious mean? Oh, I don't know. I think it, it's in. it's got to be an A song, right? It's be, yeah, it's we'll find it somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> Biggie said it. Hey, if you can't trust user 13392752... Then who can you trust? Well, who is telling us about the parlor and the boys? Uh, one contributor called Vita A. Ciro Kelvin. I don't know what that means. Hopefully it- someone mentions it in another song. Mm, yes, we probably. Can look it Sounds scientific, <laughs> so I'm, I'm inclined to trust them. Well, it's gotten one upvote, so that's, that's, a, good, a, that's well. a plus. <laughs> mm. Maybe it'll be about to be two. <laughs> Let's find out. Do you have a genius account? <laughs> you out there annotating tism. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is good enough that, to make a genius account. A wanker, account. you see, is... <laughs> that, that, that is legitimately what Nathan and I have discussed. Is making genius accounts to annotate all tism's lyrics. That's so good. I am not shocked. Yeah, why would you be? <laughs> why would that shock anybody who spent, who spent more than 10 minutes with either of us? <laughs> all right, Vito, what's a, what's a parlor? The, so, tre- the the annotation for boys in the parlor, they're getting harder, is the boys are in a posh living room oh, okay. and they're getting aroused. The song doesn't only refer to living sexuality individually, but also experiencing it within the context of a group of people. After all, our instinctual needs are similar and we've got nothing to be ashamed of regarding that. Wow. Don't editorialize. <laughs> That's the- <laughs> You don't know me. <laughs> There's plenty to be ashamed <laughs> of. There's stacks to be ashamed You do of. not know me. Uh, so this, uh, can we welcome Garbage to the 10 Timers Club? Yeah. yeah. Oh shit, this is the 10th one. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Literally years we've been putting up with this garbage. <laughs> this beautiful garbage. This beautiful garbage, yeah. which of course was the name of this album. Yes. Uh, do you know where they got that line from? Themselves just self confident, just, just yeah, just feeling themselves. A, a previous hottest 100 entrant, garbage, <laughs> <laughs> close hole. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. So, the yeah. line beautiful garbage, beautiful dresses in celebrity skin, which we've actually talked about. Which Go back and listen to it, the great about. pod five stars, yes, indeed. Um, so they heard the line beautiful garbage, beautiful dresses, and were just like. Huh. You know, they like the like instead of doing a self-titled record again, they went with beautiful garbage. And it is interesting because this was the album that saw garbage go full pop, or if mm. no, yeah. their version yeah. of full pop, like, should I say, capital yeah. P pop with capital P production, courtesy of one Butch Vig, absolutely, who <laughs> worked on a couple of records, a few, yeah. a few who's, notable who's records. Who's clearly like shipping out his resume for like some R and B pop singles in this song. He's like, hey, Which Destiny's he Child, hit got. me up, dude. Well, this- if Butch Vig did like the Aaliyah record or something, I'd like. I, don't get me wrong, nothing but love for Timberland, but fuck me. Like after this Butch- song, it's like he could have done it. He totally could have. The quote from Butch Vig on this. 
this. To me, some of the most cutting edge music out there is in the top 40. Some of the songs on Beautiful Garbage, like Androgyny and Untouchable, are influenced by Timberland and Dr. Dre. So you, you that guys makes a are right lot of on. sense. So yeah. he obviously nailed the brief or nailed what he was going for in communicating that if we're just able to pick up on that yeah. kind of straight away. So the reactions to that were pretty mixed. Um, yeah. A lot of diehard garbage fans didn't kind of like that. I think we see this all the time when a band decides to embrace a more pop aesthetic, particularly at this time. We were just talking about how, you know, the alternative field was, you, you know, was such a thing. It was such a label that you carried. So here is yeah. a, a, an alternative band taking on a mainstream sound in today's standards. We're just kind of like, so what? Because it's, it's all been chucked into the yeah. blender and yeah, has yeah, been yeah. stirred around into a gorgeous soup for so long. Uh, but back then, you know, that was, this was the kind of thing that people, well, they didn't, they didn't get on the internet. And no, they would have. Yeah, 2001. Probably. Yeah. People definitely like more, they yeah. probably had their own rant sites. Probably even angrier because you have to sit through that dial up tone while you're yeah, waiting to well, post. True. It's like, oh, that, uh, yeah. But that being said, um, that was mainly in the US and the UK. Europe was like two thumbs up, and this was the this was the highest charting success um, in Australia that Garbage had had. Really? Yeah. Uh, up to this point, we went buntar. I'm, I'm mm. assuming I'm assuming a certain other song from this record would have done a little bit better. Yeah, I think it's up till this point. So, I, but that being said, I think it is interesting coming to this song now. Because it's because yeah. ki- it's kind of like yeah you you can view it as dealing with these ideas of androgyny and dealing with trying to break down these these kind of gender barriers and these kind of stables and whatever. But I, for me, I, I listen to it and I still kind of go, man, it's still pretty rooted in the binary. <laughs> you know, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's baby steps. I, I think that's kind of cool though. Like it, it is. You're right. Like it's it's a kind of nice cultural artifact in terms of that larger cultural conversation, mm. and it's pretty cool to be able to drag it out now. And consider it in light of where conversations are at now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, How far in some ways we have come. Yeah, right? But I think the binary is so important to the makeup of the song musically as well. Because we've got these very two very clear sides. And you could even go so far as to say, well, you know, you've got pop, which is traditionally seen. Verses are girls and choruses are boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like kind of, right? And Because even to the point where there's a bit of that acoustic guitar in that very, can I just say, very, very, like, ugh, crispy production in that first section. When it first came on, I was so arrested by it because it was oh, just- Oh, like those synth so, strings and stuff like that. Damn. Dun, dun, everything everything yeah. is so textural and spacious and punchy. It's just, like, really magnificently produced. But the, there's something about it that reminded me of the production that Madonna was going for at the time as well. Oh, true, yeah, because you know? we, we talked about music and- Beautiful Stranger. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, also, yeah, yeah. Uh, particularly the acoustic guitar reminds me of... Um, Don't Tell Me? 100%. Hell yeah. Huge. Very, very strong or as, or as a future Hottest 100 entrant would say, the video where she's wearing the cowboy hat and she's kicking the dirt. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. We'll, we'll get to that song eventually. But <laughs> Great song. And then, <laughs> Great and then song. of course, you know, on the other side, you have rock electric guitar, which mm. is coded as, as being masculine. And yeah, then, it's such a fucking... F- Right, the switch, isn't it? Mm. But yeah. but look, you know, I think that's I mean, kind of clever. Different keys too. But there's something about that hard cut that almost seems like a reveal, and that, mm. in the context of gender performance, I think is kind of cute as well. And it almost is burlesque-ish. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, you I know, can see bur- that. the performance of burlesque is often built around this idea of of the reveal and stuff like that. So I think yeah. to to enfold that into the song when you're talking about you know, these ideas of gender and stuff like that is pretty clever. Um, and I think it reads. Again, like I like unpacking it. 
I don't know how much I I like listening to it so yeah, much. I find like, it a yeah. little bit flat. Like the yeah, production is nice, that. but just yeah, to, yeah I, it's just a song I remember a lot. Totally, you know. Yeah, I just remember hearing this everywhere at the time. I still wasn't quite aware of what the concept was. I I don't think I'd ever heard the term androgyny prior to this. That's kind of cool. Yeah, you know. Get, so again, I, I do, I do, I do have to give it credit in that respect, but also. Yeah, when it happened, I'm just like, this doesn't go like the same way that like special or like when I grow up does or like I was like a big fan of all the other singles and like this I I I feel like I tried to make myself like it more than I than I did because like I refer to this as a very specific thing for like our generation, the twenty nine ninety five commitment. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you get it. We all bought albums around this time that in retrospect, like if we just chucked it on Spotify and played it now, just be like, oh, that wasn't that great. But at the time, we paid $29.95 to own this on compact disc, so we had to fucking like it. Case in point, Sane Anger. He really had to try and like Sane Anger. <laughs> it was a $29.95 commitment. We're, we're getting our pocket money's worth. There was stuff on Beautiful Garbage that I loved and I still love. But with this, I'm just like, oh, do I like it? Oh, no, of course I like it. It's garbage. Also, I paid $29.95. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's certainly not bad. The, the bit f- that always like takes me out of it, I think after the first chorus when it goes back to the verse yeah, and there's nothing new, like that R&B yep. production is still yep. really nice, but after you've kind of exploded the song, to take it back to that just feels very like... Oh, okay. I don't like this song. Yeah. Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I, um, this is not what I want from Garbage. I am probably the least pop head driven person here. I enjoy, I appreciate pop music, obviously, but like the idea of like taking a band the, who had some fucking bangers, obviously, we've spoken about them many times with always a positive fucking tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Supergirl, like, Only When It Rains. Yeah, like, yeah. absolutely. Mm. Fucking terrific songs. Full credit to Butch as a producer because like, he's a terrific producer, obviously. It's objective. But like, I disagree with the the thesis that some of the most cutting edge things are in top forty. <laughs> it simply can't be the case. That's very much a just a vox pop. Yeah, I of think. course, of yeah, course it is. Yeah, like, but like I, I like to this is watered down garbage to me. Like this is like mm. garbage. Like capital <laughs> G or it's garbage, sorry, it's just garbage uh, water. It's garbage water. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, right, right, yeah. it's bin juice. Bin juice. Yeah, bin juice. Bin juice. Yeah. There it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. yeah, it's like if you thought like when I grow up was like. Ooh, that's a bit too spicy for my taste. <laughs> like, which is a pretty accessible pop yeah, song. This is, yeah, this is diet when I grow up. Yeah. And you, then it's just this Medium daddy. Like, yeah. Like <laughs> uh, I, 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 a relatively generic, forgettable song. Like, this is right. Yeah, this is this one's a thumbs down for me. Like they all they, they did what they wanted to do and it succeeded successfully, so it obviously had an audience or anything like that. Yeah. But that's not what I ever want from this band like this yeah. sound is not at all interesting to me I think if if the song wasn't about what it's about we probably wouldn't give it a second yeah. look it's just because it's kind of interesting yeah totally that yeah. this was a big pop hit 20 years ago yeah but for a bit of trivia as well uh, this song had a big resurgence in 2016 for one particular issue in North Carolina which it's like so fitting with the song it's insane there was a bill that was being passed that was attempting to make the use of bathrooms Mm. Only for people who for the for the sex listed on their birth certificate. Yeah. So like grossly anti-trans law yeah. being passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in garbage- North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> 
garbage came out and were they 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 dragged this song right out and was like we we are against this and you all should be against this as well. Yes. Um. And it was the Shirley's bill- really good like that. Like she's like yeah. a yeah diehard lefty. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. The bill was repealed in twenty twenty. So, but it took a while to die. Uh, but Shirley was there because but Shirley was there. She was on the she was on the front line. Was there? Shirley looked straight at the screen and said, "Trans rights." Yeah, <laughs> straight down the camera. Hell yeah, yeah dude! <laughs> <laughs> In twenty twenty, that was the year of our president. <laughs> <laughs> that was still Trump, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know, man. It was the final year, yeah. was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah that's cause, right. Cause yeah, because he, because yeah. he, Orange Man gone. I don't know. If <laughs> that happened. Yeah, the, the last time we recorded, we had a Cheeto in the White House. Yeah. And <laughs> we had a goddamn, a goddamn Cheeto in the White House. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, let's go, Brandon. That's the main thing. <laughs> oh, yes. that's what's up. Oh, uh, fucking hell. It's been like 20 minutes. And I'm just like layering too much irony on my skull. <laughs> it's crushing me into a fucking. Build that. Yeah. Wall. Everyone's yeah. listening. Like, did Andrew wall. become alt right in yeah. the break? Or is <laughs> it's hard to gauge? <laughs> irony crushing me into a dwarf star. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Boys. Girls. Mm. <laughs> Makes you think. At number 43, it's the return of Eels. This is Souljacker, part one. Twenty-two miles of hard road, thirty-three years of tough luck. Forty-four skulls buried in the ground, crawling down through the muck. Oh yeah. Johnny don't like the school One day Johnny Gonna do something Show him he's nobody's fool Oh yeah Eels making their return to the Triple J Hottest 100 Coming in at number 43 With the track Soul Jacker Part 1 One half of the title track Of their album Soul Jacker What happens in part 2? Not much Spoiler alert Does the soul get jacked? Oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) And by that, I'm definitely thinking like this. You know, your soul starts working out. You know, it gets did soul really doing some soul reps. That's nice. <laughs> some swole soul. Swole soul. Swole soul. We, sh- we should all aim to have a jacked soul. It's mm. one thing to jack the body. It's another to jack this. Well, David, yeah. what? Tell us about <laughs> this. The, the, heavy, the heaviest thing we lift is our soul. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sometimes. Amen. Amen. Yo. Amen. We just need someone to spot us. Oh. <laughs> Oh, see, we're back to wholesome. Oh, Holson. that's so good. That was really nice. <laughs> what a great podcast. Don't you think? Didn't you miss it? <laughs> I know I did. Didn't you, listening, miss it? Didn't you miss us? Don't you want to give it a five up? Don't you? We missed five stars. <laughs> that's... that's wait, 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 oh, wait, desperately. That's what we missed. Like, no episodes for a year. We're just already begging for fucking no, praise. <laughs> we, we showed up. Honestly, yeah, yeah. it's... Yeah. Is that not enough for you people? <laughs> Made me sick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now. So that's an E, F sharp, G, A, uh-huh. B, C. Now to play the Seinfeld theme.
<laughs> Honestly, not bad. I put, yeah. you, I put you on the spot and that was pretty good. Those are the six notes that make up 95% of this song. From a technical standpoint, one of the most basic songs that we've ever talked about. Like, on par with Gloria, you know, which is three chords, you know? <laughs> like, mm. it's one of the most stripped back, raw and simple songs. If you had a guitar in front of you, you could pick it up almost instantly. Yeah, you could figure it out. It's not about the notes. <laughs> it's about how they're played. It's like a break on through to the other side by the doors where it's got like that... You know, it's kind of slithering along. It's not that bad. Come on. Jimbo! (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Mojo Rising has logged into the chat. The switch is, oh yeah. As soon as that kicks in, like the pedal, the foot goes down on the pedal. You get that snarling electric guitar sound and everything kind of kicks in. And the second, yeah, the second it all gets pulled away again, you immediately pay attention. I love the dynamics in this song. For an artist that a lot of the time has done very elaborate arrangements, you know, like Eels has done shows with like the symphony orchestra and all that sort of stuff. They've like layered heaps of like keyboards and lots of like, you know, synths and lots of strings and all of that across a bunch of their records to have something so stripped back, so like snarling and so primitive. It's a real departure from, you know, a song like Never Came From The Soul or Susan's House. And I love that Eels as a unit can be so multifaceted that this song can come out within the canon of Eels singles, you know, and it's still, it's it's not like a, huh? No, that that still makes sense. As an Eels song, mm. you know what mm. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this song just has that fucking energy and it just clicks in a certain way and it just reminds you that for all the bells and whistles and the Brian Wilsonisms, you know, like Mark Everett started out as a rock musician, you know, started out in the, like, you know, he grew up loving like punk and garage rock and all that sort of stuff and this is like, you know, his tribute to the Sonics or like this is like a Louis Louis kind of Louis Louis, if you will, <laughs> uh, kind of sort of thing. And I think it works super, super well. Like I would put this probably in my top five, top 10 Eel singles. Wow. Like, yeah, mm. I've I've always loved this track. This song kicks fucking ass. It's so sick, right? When he when he just lets loose in that second cross, he goes, Whoa! Yeah, and it's like, yeah, bitch, let's yeah. fucking go. This is full full beard eels. There's like grizzly depression beard eels, but then there's like full grown beard eels. Or you're just like, oh yeah, you're on one. You're fucking, you're go, you're fucking rocking out now, my dude. You can tell what era eels is going through by the length of the beard. Yeah, <laughs> this is wild man eels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's a clean and sober, like you know, I have like a little mustache or something like that, but nothing else, you know. Like for such a like heart on his sleeve, tug of your heartstrings songwriter that he's known for. Yeah. Like it's just so cool that like he's able to be like, ah, rock fucking kicks ass. Yeah, and he's like, this one song is just like, no, no, I can kick ass. I'm fucking rocking out hard with this one. In the video for this one, he's got like his shitty hoodie on and like his grizzled beard. And he's just like being you know, like his dark glasses. Like he looks like a fucking that kind of like that 80s like drugged out rock star who just mm. wants to fucking belt out a fucking killer riff 
and like jump around and it's music for that. It's such a fucking good song. It's so much fun. It's so different to the other Eels tracks. But you're right, David. Like it's a, like it's still undeniably Eels, but it's just so much fucking fun. It's a delight. Did you know that Wim Wenders directed the yes the film clip yeah. in like an abandoned East German prison or something? Like okay, who's this guy? Uh, German filmmaker Wings of Desire. Oh okay. And- other things. Other Someone doesn't have a movie subscription. <laughs> I actually do have a movie subscription. Thank you very much. I, I do. Um, this this kind of falls flat for me. I like. I appreciate what, the, in the kind same of way as androgyny. You, you've said that twice in a I row have, now, haven't I? I? Yeah. Ah. I'm I'm curious mm. as to if they fall flat in the same way for you. No, like I mean, I appreciate the snarl of it or whatever, but I think just that very standard kind of bluesy riff. I'm like, uh-huh, and then the lyrics don't do much, and I just kind of, it just feels like half a song. Um, okay. Well, I mean, it is part one of a song. Well, then, yeah, <laughs> I guess there you go. The way I kind of put it is that, like, as soon as it starts, I know exactly what it's going to do, and then it proceeds to do it. Yeah. And that's okay, but that will never reach the level of, I think I know what you're about to do, and you absolutely don't do that. It's the level of engagement that my brain goes through when I already know what it's going to do, and then it doesn't surprise me i'm bound to like yeah so not 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 lean in as much which again it doesn't make it necessarily worse it just makes me slightly less engaged yeah that's it like there's no yeah like the lyrics didn't have any anything that was like oh that's really cool or interesting or whatever right yeah it does make me feel like i'm about to do a bank job yeah, that's, that's kind of cool, yes, cool. totally it's got that look it's it, yeah it's 100 we're about to do a bank job mm-hmm. and that's a good place to be yeah mm. Adam loves working in banks. Loves it's having true. a, loves, loves having a <laughs> bank job. Yeah, that's, oh, what, yeah. That what, yeah. that's what I meant. I was like, I'm getting geared up to man the tills, yeah. bounce some checks. Yeah. We're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Like, kind of. I think it's interesting that in the same countdown that we've dealt with the Strokes, we have another cute little example of rock revivalism as well. Yeah, yeah true, that's very true. true. There's always yeah. that, that weird thing when a band does something that's a bit out of left field for them, but... Yes. But other bands also do. Yes. If you're into the band, you're like, whoa, this is so cool that they would do this. But mm. if you're kind of from the outside, you're just like mm. Yeah. And it's and it's often why, why would I not listen to the blues explosion? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Or something, you know, like yeah. or, or whatever, because they already do this. Yeah. Like, but I understand from inside where you're like, ah, oh, this is really Yeah. Expanding what the band kind of does and their story and everything, but it's yeah. I think in some instances, like you're willing to give it to the band because clearly it's something that they're passionate about, and it imbues them with so much energy and reignition of passion that you know that maybe what's going to come afterwards, and that it would that would be a really interesting experiment, you know, to see when bands do retreat in order to come back yeah, um, and what that coming back kind of kind of looks like. How does this fit into the rest of the album? It's, it's definitely the most accessible song on the record. I feel like there are other tracks that kind of go down this rabbit hole a little bit, um, but I feel like this, is, this was definitely, if you heard all the songs and we're going to pick the one to like get out to the people, like this is, yeah, this cool. is, the, this is the one to kind of set the standard. Mm. It's been ages since I've listened to the record, um, mm. but from memory, there's a bunch of like kind of sampled beats and stuff here and there as well. It's kind of got, got like a bit of a Beck vibe in parts. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's uh. the, the, the eclecticism is definitely like very much part of the Eels canon. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's very much in the same extended universe as Beck. Yeah, for sure, mm. yeah. 
the EEU <laughs> or the BEU in this sense. Yeah. <laughs> the Eels Extended Universe, the Back Extended Universe. I'm sure they've crossed yeah. paths. Hundred <laughs> percent. This is our last Eels song. Aww. So things to check out if you're interested in Eels. Uh, yeah, outside um, of outside of this, Blinking Lights and Other Revelations is a is a cool record. Like it could probably have been a single album, but you could say that about nine out of ten <laughs> double albums. Mm. That's true. Um, End Times is like a dark but also very beautiful record. I love the track Dirty Girl and his uh, memoir Things the Grandchildren Should Know Ooh. is is really really good. Once I you get also to really like the deconstruction in 2018. I yeah, got into that album yeah, quite yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, he also just put out a record earlier this year as well. No shit. Yeah. Oh, I think I saw that. Yeah. I didn't listen to it, but. Yeah. Extreme witchcraft. That's the one. I'm yeah. interested. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm back on board. <laughs> is it a witch house album? Uh, <laughs> might be. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Looks like some big beard on the cover. So yeah. So you, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that's hands. <laughs> <laughs> I could be, look. That's kind of a witch house aesthetic. So <laughs> if it, you know, yeah, it's witch house. Close confirmed. enough. Confirmed. <laughs> Great. Witch house is back, baby. And finally, Nathan, do you have a fact about eels? Oh, we the, we the don't. Egg. We're really. I think scientists don't know how eels reproduce, which is a hilarious thing to not know about a fairly common animal. Oh, I know right. how. Oh, well, there you go. Is yeah, you should tell them. Well, they have sex to <laughs> the wiggles. <laughs> <laughs> they come at the fruit salad part. <laughs> the the way their eels reproduce is um it's like when the eggs fertilize that's amore. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> no 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 don't. That's, yeah all right all right. That's very good. good. Very that's good. Cause of more eel. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you like get pulled off stage by a giant hawk, yeah. and that's the last. Thing. It's like Amore <laughs> Oh, now we get it. <laughs> oh, bring it back. Bring it bring back. It back. <laughs> At number forty-two. It's the Whitlams. This is I will not go quietly. I will not go quietly. I will not accept your rules. Again, uh, oh, this is all return artists this week. Spoiler alert. This um, is number 10 as well. Welcome hey. to the 10 Timers Club, The Whitlams, the once and future kings of 1997. Back with a track from their album, Torch the Moon. This is I Will Not Go Quietly, Duffy's Song. Nathan, you have been known to not go quietly. I guess probably so, sometime. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm going. sure if, you've been if, loud. If I'm doing some stand up and some yeah. and, and a hook comes out, I will. I will protest. <laughs> I will explain the you, joke. You will not behave yourself. <laughs> I will not. Yeah. I will suggest the patrons try the veal. <laughs> I tell them that I'm here all week. <laughs> were I there all week? <laughs> Perhaps even were I not. <laughs> 
at that point, you could lie, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Are they, are they a tough crowd? There's only one way to find oh, out. Yeah. Maybe. Now, Nathan, you are our, wes- you are our resident Whitlams. <laughs> resident Whitlams uh, fanatic. I do love the Whitlams. Yeah. This is not like a top tier Whitlam song for me. Like, yeah. It's a good Whitlam song. They quite often like close with it. Yeah, uh, live like in an encore or whatever, and it's it's a very lovely end of gig. Everyone singing along. Yeah, they um, did close with this when I recently saw them at the Enmore Theatre. It's a it's a great close up. Um, I didn't know, despite like knowing this song for a solid more over a decade. Yeah, uh, that it was for a uh, for a show. Um, oh. Love is a four letter word, which is an ABC show about a pub in Newtown. So of course, oh my God. Song, so. <laughs> I wonder why Tim was chosen to make this for that. <laughs> sure, it was just like in the, there was something in the contract. It was like, well, if this doesn't happen with Tim, then it can't happen. Do you know anything about pubs in Newtown? He's <laughs> just sitting there, it's just like, oh, look, no, I'm more <laughs> of a Parramatta guy myself. Yeah. Um, but there's a character on the show called Duffy, and this is Duffy's song. There you go. Uh, I was always wondering who the titular Duffy Mm. was. Weirdly, I have a friend named (laughs) Duffy who fits this song incredibly well. First thing I thought of when I saw her on the list. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Jared Duffy, shout out to. Don't think he listens, but that's fine. That's fine. You don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. But like an easy like three quarters of the lyrics are like, oh, that's that's him. (laughs) Um, So he doesn't behave himself. Well, you know. He doesn't believe in Bondi. Doesn't believe in rugby league. He does believe in he's a big he's a follower of the Eels. Oh. <laughs> From Parramatta. From Parramatta. Oh there my god. Go. It all works out in the end. Yeah. Um he what he was formerly the shit? He still is the shit. Well, there you go. Yeah. Can can oh, you all nice. say that? Please. Can hey, you, can, can I just pause? Like t- t- Tim saying y'all. y'all? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh, wait, are you saying it's good or bad? I don't know. <laughs> So I like we've talked before, especially when we did like Louis Bedette and stuff like that. When yeah. Tim is kind of like being a bit of a character in the song, it's a lot of fun. Like That's he's true. such and a so good this is literally him being a character. I guess yeah. yeah, yeah, writing from their perspective. But and there's such a like defiant like I mean it's the whole thing. You know, I was the best. You all knew it or whatever. And I think that just like it sits really really well in his voice. Mm. There's something nice about the fact that the Whitlams that like. You know, we're nearly not a band so many times, and have sort of been through some through so much tragedy and heartbreak, yeah, of course, and then yeah. had this huge independent release. And a lot of the press after that was just like, "Well, you know, they're a one-hit wonder; they're done or whatever." And has now kind of come through with two follow-up albums that have been quite well received. This is the point where Jack Housden joins the band, and yes. the band is complete, and the lineup hasn't changed since then. Yeah, so this is like, yeah, the modern classic yeah. lineup of the band, yeah, which is lovely. Yeah, and and I think like you know, I'm probably putting a lot of that on this song, but there is a real like, fuck you all, I did it. Like yeah, I'm there's yeah. a camaraderie there, yeah, yeah, and it's lovely, and I think. Yeah, this is no, never going to be like one of my favourite Whitlam songs, but I think there's a lot of joy in it and I enjoy it a lot. On that note, I do think that the other three guys in the Whitlams that aren't Tim don't get enough credit. Like, Terrapai Richmond is one of the best drummers in the country. You know, I've seen him drum with Rodriguez and I've seen him play with Sarah Blasco and, like, I've seen him play in a bunch of different mediums and like styles like he's a great blues drummer like everything warwick uh is like an excellent like bass player um who is also a really solid singer and jack to me is probably the secret weapon of the last four 
Whitlam's records. He has such a great guitar tone and like really knows when to like lean in and really knows when to pull back and make more of the focus on he's a great sideman. Yeah, I think he's really like just been an amazing collaborator for yeah. Tim and really like unlocks something in the band. Yeah, absolutely. Band. And I, I feel like you get a bit of that here. Like that's him on the do do do's, which, you know, makes a big uh, impression on this track. Usually when people talk about the Whitlams, it's synonymous with talking about Tim Friedman. And fair enough, you know, he is the one who has been through every iteration of the band. A couple of their records in the States are released under the Tim Friedman solo. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I remember that. Th- there isn't a cultural touchstone to Whitlam in the same yeah, way. Yeah, of course. But yeah. 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 But there's Weird. that. Yeah. I feel like this record, you, you do start to get a sense of the Whitlams as a band again. Instead of just Tim and just pulling in random people. Which is still great, you know. Like that's how <laughs> that's how make love this city and Eternal Nightcap were both made. Eternal yeah. Nightcap famously a pretty good album. <laughs> <laughs> it goes all right. Yeah, I think there is something to be said about that camaraderie between them. This is just a very endearing song. It makes sense as a character song, but it also makes sense as a as a Tim Friedman song. You know, he's the. He's the grizzled veteran at this point, you know. He's the he's the one out here with the kids. He knows that, you know, some people might see him as a has-been, but he's just like, yeah, so what? Has-been was, has-been might again, you know. <laughs> he was the shit. He was the shit, yeah. exactly. Well, this rollicking kind of bombastic kind of fun Willems kind of thing like that, and like the subject matter of this song is like so similar to All My Friends Are Fuck-Ups. That song, like, like that's a better song because like, that's better than most songs. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but like, this is like, I didn't know it was from a show. And I thought, Neither I, did I, I, yeah. I, I just assumed Duffy was one of his mates because that's what he writes about. And he does that so well. Yeah. I assumed he lived in Newtown. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> I do miss some of the, like the piano rollickingness because I love it when just like that's just a, part of the Whitlam's that I love. Yeah. But like as a song, it's just so much fun. And like Tim just has a lyrical way that he writes these characters who are kind of fuck ups and he's writes about them so honestly, but like with it, like as like somebody who has been and arguably still is a bit of a fuck up, like <laughs> there's something like that's so endearing about the way that he's never like, like in this song, this like because it should be speaking about this one in particular, like he's never condemning. Yeah, I just love that. It's just yeah. like this yeah. guy is a character. Like it's, yeah. it is it is a pure like I'm sure every like culture has their own kind of version of this kind of thing of like, oh, he's a bit of a larrikin kind of thing yeah. like that. But there's something so like as Australians, there is something so Australian about like yep. like you got that one maid who like always has like two beers too many and they're a bit rowdy, but like you're like, oh, but that was fun though. Like, yeah. And like, that's a fucking delight. And he, he documents that kind of Australiana so, so excellently. And the band are in great form. Um, and they just, this is a fucking fun as shit rock song. Yeah. 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 Australiana as character is kind of cool. Yeah. When you, when you put it like that, I think you've, you've nailed it. Cause I, when I was listening to it as well, I kind of, there were questions that I had about like, how on side with this person are we? Like, mm. are you, is, <laughs> is this kind of like a send up or is this, are we supposed yeah, to read yeah. in and be like, oh no, this is, this is not a, because we know that the Whitlams sometimes have a way of burying the darkness of, yeah. you know, like there's a, there's a little, you're, you're looking at the object and the shadow cast is very, very mm. long. Um, so I wondered whether it was kind of like that, but I think I prefer the read of Larrikin and you judge but also you love. Yeah. You don't need yeah. to you don't need to pick one. You can kind of have both at the same time. I think mu- musically 
it seems a bit too cute and twee for me, for the Whitlams. Like, I think previous songs had the rollicking without it being... Maybe it's the the particular way the do do do's land, and maybe it's a production choice, and maybe there would be a way to kind of loosen it up a little yeah. bit, make it a little bit messier, make it feel like it was a little bit more out of control. I think that's maybe what I'm looking for for it to land, and for me to be on side with it a little bit more. As it stands, it's a bit too on the bait. Um, Doesn't that make a lot of sense though? Now, now that you know that it's it was for a TV show. Doesn't uh, that make a lot of sense? Oh yeah, because like yeah, imagine does, imagine like that, the yeah. '90s sitcom credits rolling (laughs) over this song, you know? Yeah, totally. And Boofhead as himself. (laughs) And it's a dog. Yeah. yeah. You know? We're going near Boofhead. That's the last thing. And then then the whole cast is like smiling. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of that. (laughs) Except they're all posing in front of the townie. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're all posing and someone's just spewing into the camera in front of them. In the background. Yeah, just (laughs) comes straight in front of the camera. (laughs) That's then, what it ends on the freeze frame. Yeah, freeze frame, yeah. Going, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The line, I believe in Yoko, John Lennon, The Lost Weekend, and me, and plus the I don't believe, is a reference to God by John Lennon, oh. uh, which uh, features famously featured the line, I don't believe in Beatles, I just believe in me. And which, wings. And wings, yeah. I just believe in wings. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> uh, not, the, not the first pre-wings uh, reference uh, to be made by the Whitlams uh, on the song. You'll know the song Love Is Everywhere from the Eternal Nightcap record. Uh, the uh, horn section in the chorus, the ba, 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 that is a direct lift from Drive My Car by the Beatles. Of course it is. Yeah, baby, huh. you could drive my car. Dun, 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 dun. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. True also story. a good film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thieves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's well, pre-wings. It's fair game. Yeah. <laughs> and Tim has... Just don't touch wings. <laughs> Tim has uh, gone on record as, you know, there's a, there's a lot of discourse at the moment, high door leaper, about uh, uh, artists plagiarizing and, you know, people being like, that's my song and all that sort of shit. Tim, on the other hand, has never hidden from this. He once told a story of uh, he was writing the song Goth out in his backyard, where, or like his back shed or whatever where the piano was, and was like coming up with the thing. Uh, and then his neighbor at the time overheard him playing and in between him playing yelled out, if you're going to rip off Miles Davis, do it fucking properly. Amazing. <laughs> and that man was Louis Bidet. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. No. Yeah. 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 That's, that's right. Out. Because uh, the, the, the piano motif sounded slightly like So What yeah. by Miles Davis. And so he came around and taught him how to do it. So now it is a direct rip off <laughs> of So What by Miles Davis. Those piano chords have their own Wikipedia page. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? Yeah. And you know this because I love Miles it. Davis, <laughs> <laughs> and yet we don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. It was wow. me. <laughs> Shadow banned. <laughs> Shadow banned from Wikipedia. The Ed yeah. McDonald story. Yeah. <laughs> so is, is, is my mic on? Or what? Uh-huh. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> no, now here's someone who will not go quietly. <laughs> <laughs> At number forty-one, Intragurgitator. With super straight. Some more doo doos. Oh my god, the doo doo doos are coming in thick and fast. 
once again making their return into the Triple J Hottest 100 that is a little ditty by the name of Super Straight now I did this earlier I'm going to see if we can do it again again it's like riding a bike oh Andrew Andrew fuck (laughs) (laughs) we were so close Uh, now I remember when we were first deciding these songs back in the winter of whatever the fuck. The, the, uh, the winter of Gladys. We don't reflect. <laughs> remember when we were first assigning these, one uh, A McDonald was just like, I need to do super straight. Please, I, for- uh, I apologize in advance for how much I'm about to gush about this song. The floor is yours. Yeah, I like the cards say, like, I love this song so fucking much. This is like one of the. F- not the first, like because I heard the earlier Gurge songs. Mm. But the, uh, just quickly, this is uh, single two from album four. Um, Eduardo, Eduardo and, and Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Rodriguez <laughs> wage, <laughs> Eduardo and Rodriguez wage war on, on T-Rex. T-Rex. Yeah. It's easy to fuck that one up. It's a long yes, title. I believe um, the first single was Fat Cop. Yeah, I think so. Yes. yes. Which is a very different song to this. Well, um, very much so. Which is obviously on brand for Regurgitator, who will do everything from... Synth pop to hip hop to, in this case, relatively straightforward rock music. Yeah. Um, but what I love about this song, like many things, but like uh, much like um, like calling it super straight and then making it a relatively straightforward rock song, obviously, it, which in turn uh, is similar to um, the 1999 David Lynch film called The Straight Story, which is a dramatization of somebody who drove their um, lawnmower across like seven or eight states to like protest something or see a family or something like that and then Lynch made a, f- a film adaptation of that and it's a it's like the guy's name was like William Straight as well so it's a double pun but like it right. is a, but it is a straight story like there's no Lynchian elements to it at all apart from the fact that it depicts Americana it's not weird it's not dark there's no murders I digress but this there's just something so delightful to me about Regurgitator kind of just teasing the idea of like the idea that normies are normal yeah. Like, <laughs> like it starts off just he's just like says goodbye to his wife and like that, and then goes to work, and then like in the second verse, one of my favorite lyrics that I've ever done is just the um the I sing along to the pop radio. It's propaganda, but I know how it goes. <laughs> which yeah, I could go on a cultural Marxist rant now. <laughs> <laughs> so strap in, yeah, <laughs> yeah. shadow band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that and then as it goes on, not only is he like kind of cynical, kind of like that, knowing that pop music propaganda, and then it goes on where he is a serial adulterer and borderline <laughs> drug addict. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's just like, like the idea of this like normie family guy in like here in suburbia, the best you can find. Like, then he's just like, one girl means nothing. I'll just bang her for fun. Like, he's like, <laughs> actually you're a fuckwit, man. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 And then like, when the weekend comes, it's time for my drugs. I suck them down, counting two by one, because they help me to remember to forget who I am. And when it's over, babe, that's when it starts up again. And I'm just like, hey, I know. Life is hard. <laughs> Mood. <laughs> same. Um, but also, like, I know it's all done in this, like, it's the same thing that we've spoken about with um, 
like the Pixies are a classic example of it. And mm. also um, inspired directly by the Pixies, um, Beck's Girl. Girl, where the song is so optimistic and major key and poppy that it hides the like the darkness underneath that. Like they, it's mm. the, the, the Trojan horse approach. Right? I was working about it with several acts and it's always like, it's something that I always love. But here it um, fits with the narrative, right? Because yeah. you have the suburban guy who also hides his the, shittiness, the, the dark ways. Yeah. That, but it, I think it's also as much as it's kind of judging, it's also empathetic because it's just kind of like the system is the thing yeah. and, the, and the, the crushing, the kind of crushing pressure of the, of the lifestyle mm. and the, and the mundanity and the monotony and like that. It, of course, this is what you do to yeah. make up for it. Of course you, you take heaps of drugs and you sleep with heaps of people, you know, you, you had, it's, the, it's medication. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And but, I think it's sympathetic towards that at the same time as they kind of stand apart from it, it's almost like a there, but by the grace of God go I, you know, which I think is, is quite different to something we've talked about before where bands comment on everyday life and it doesn't quite work because yeah. it's like, well, yeah, but you're, you're a band. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, sometimes it works phenomenally well. Of In course. fact, Forward Cell, we're going to be talking about a song next episode that I think... Is that is that, and it does it phenomenally well. Yeah. So in a couple of years, you'll hear that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, huh. We we all uh, have expounded greatly on why Regurgitator are one of the greatest Australian rock acts of the nineties and two thousands. Undeniable. And, like, undeniable. They're tremendously fun. Always inventive. To uh, take the quote from um, John Peel, which he said about the fall, is always the same, always different. Um, yes, and that is Great. that is and that is the gurge. Like they, Australia's the fall. Australia's the fall. <laughs> Even um, when they go for a super straight song, it's just like it's so infectious. It's so much fun to me. I love this song so much. It's one of my absolute favorite gurgitator songs. Like I, I go back to it all the time. I've probably listened to this song at least either in the context of the album or the context of their singles compilation once or twice a month for the last ten years. And like getting yeah. back to what you're talking about, last song as well about. The Beatles. I definitely think that we're doing an homage to the Beatles with this song as well. I but can see that. I'll be yeah. a thicker, a thicker, yeah. bi- a bigger Beatle. I went. Um, I went a little bit further in though. Like to me, this felt like a love letter to power pop, like mm. cheap tricks, yeah. and the cars oh, sure. and okay. that sort of stuff. Like with those big major chords and the way that the beat would kind of drive. But like, yeah, you can absolutely trace it back to like. Mop era Beatles. I, for I mean, sure. I, I, I again go the doot doos and I think I drive my car. Yeah, I get. Mm-hmm. Hey, man. Yeah, for sure. Can I tell you what I think is the absolute masterstroke of the song? Please. Is the use of He's Super Straight by the group vocals. Uh, the the theatre yeah. that that creates yes. mm. like is so beautiful. It, yeah, it's like, changed perspective. I'm yeah. super straight, and then a bunch of people are coming in, it's and whatever the, the scene is, it. like he's super straight. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's the, the, the Greek chorus. They, it's yeah. just exactly. so or like good. the Shirelles or something. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It goes back to that '60s pop thing, but just the theatre of it, I just love the image that it conjures. Of all of a sudden, these people are popping up in whatever situation yeah. he's in, and they're like, "He's super straight." Yeah. It's like, that's <laughs> it's just so much fun. Uh, it's just such a delight, man. And like again, DJ, as you pointed out, DJ, the fact that this came from the same record that Fat Cop was on. <laughs> yes, it's like man, they were on one this year. That is a curious record because it comes between the difficult follow up to the their breakout success, which was dot 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 art, and their very confusing and wildly ambitious uh, mishmash record, which they recorded in the Channel V bubble. Mm-hmm. This is just a weird period for the band. There's still like that sardonic 
commentary on society as a whole, but it's about the various avenues in which they're doing it. You know, mm. they can do it as like a clowny rap sort of song with that almost like new metal tinge to it. But they can also throw back to like guitar pop of a bygone era. You know, like look at the singles we talked about from art. We talked about Happiness, which yeah. is another like pitch perfect guitar pop song and I Want to Be a Nudist which is basically <laughs> like their throwback to hardcore punk yeah it's speed punk yeah. yeah 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 exactly you know I don't think any other band could kind of get away with being that multifaceted on a record and just being like oh yeah both of those are very clearly very distinctly regurgitator songs they swing so hard at so many genres but they nail it every time like- they never miss this like this is that kind of like summer rock with with the tinge of the power pop stuff. If you made this kind of music and that was like the sound your band was chasing, you'd be furious. Yeah, you'd be yeah, like, yeah. oh, so these like oh, so these-, these guys can do it as a bit. Yeah, than yeah, they do it sincerely. <laughs> the kung fu sing guys. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> they can do what we're trying to do better than us as a joke. Yo, but doesn't that connect so interestingly to what we were talking about with eels? Right, you mm. you take this. You you don't attach yourself too much to any particular genre, which means mm. that you can just almost ironically, but not quite, take anything on that excites you or that you think it'd be fun to play with, and then your entire creative process is being driven by your own personal joy. And if you if you are honest and authentic about that process, then well, we're going to feel that too. I think that's what is present in all of Regurgitator's music in all the twelve times now mm. that we've talked about them. They have always seemed to be driven by their own sense of what they think is going to be really, really fun for them as a band to mm. do. And we've come with them on that. And that's stunning. Yeah, totally. Kings, once a future Kings. One Amen. Of, one of Australia's finest. Oath. That miraculously brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you so much for listening. We never stopped loving you. That's true. We never did. We never stopped appreciating it. I was that Wolverine picture of him on the bed looking at the photo and mm. the photo was everyone listening to the pod. Mm. Amen. Absolutely. And I was like putting my hand on it. And- yeah, mine's the, you know, that that comic that became the meme of like, I love it when I see somebody like looking at their phone and they tear up kind of thing like that mm. on the line in public. That was me looking at the phone and I was looking at all the five-star reviews. <laughs> me, me I, I, I was at work, but <laughs> I had up a, a thing that says, do it for them. Oh, yeah. And it was, and it was all of the pictures of every nice. every yeah. single list, the thousands and thousands. <laughs> the, the hottest 100s and thousands of listeners. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, actually, no, it was just a single row of five stars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do it for them. Before we get out of here, we are going to pick our favourites, our least favourites, and continue that ever-continuing story of Carry Over Champ and Carry Over Chump. For my favourite this week, I'm going to go with Soul Jacker Part 1 by Eels. For my least favourite, I'm going to go with Strange Little Girl by Tori Amos. Fifth favourite, like I said, like it's it's perfectly fine, but it was more interesting to discuss than it was to listen to. You don't have a folder anymore. And you graduated from art school. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Peace get, peace get degrees, what can I say? <laughs> Uh, however, my carryover champ of One Step Closer by Linkin Park and my carryover chump, uh, The Shame of Life by the Butthole Surfers, remain the same. Uh, my favorite for this episode is Super Straight. 
because it's super great. Mm-hmm. And my least favorite is Strange Little Girl. Oh, my champs and chumps. My my champ is Patent Against User by At the Drive In. One of the greatest songs. So that's the same. And my least favorite is Step Back. It's it's not good. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do not remember that song. It's not good. It's got a bad synth. I'm yeah. just, I'm, that's what I'm holding on to. Hmm. It's, it, the synth is so bad, that's what's sure. carrying it. I, yeah, all right, okay. Bad choice. Yeah. Uh, my favourite is Super Straight, but my champ will remain One More Time by Daft Punk. My least favourite, I guess, is also Strange Little Girl, but not nearly as bad as Little Things by Good Charlotte. Yeah, my my fav, my fave is clearly regurgitated super straight. Um, and as much as it does pain me to not give him the champ status, I want to stick with Nick Cave's fifteen feet of pure white snow. My least favorite was um, definitely garbage's androgyny, um, but it's nowhere near the stink of the little things. Is yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I think we did it. I think we've somehow, some way, recorded a new episode of the great podcast. <laughs> Hopefully, we haven't triggered six months of like. Oh, don't. Don't. Oh, what if yeah. it was us? Yeah, it's the butterfly effect. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the Hundo's variant. We all get a notification <laughs> on our phone Hundo at the same variant. time. Fuck me. On behalf of Adam Buncher, at least if we were the Hundo's variant, we'd finally go viral. Hey, I'm here all week trying to deal. <laughs> don't you dare drag me off. Put that cane away. I will snap that cane. Andrew McDonald. I am not done. <laughs> now I'm done. Andrew McDonald. Morning, morning. Nathan Harrison. It's nice to be back. Ain't it? My name is David James Young. Everything. Everything? Yeah, let's go everything. (laughs) Is good for you. (laughs) We do have to think about that now. (laughs) Fruit salad. Yummy, yummy. Fruit salad.